round, we'll just dive straight in. Ricky, listen, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I know you're incredibly busy at this point in time. First things first, man, been having a good day? It's been good, mate. It's been good. It's all the better, all the better now. I yeah. like doing this type of stuff. Yeah, this is my you... third third one I've done, and it's, uh, it's getting easier every time. What, third one today or third one overall? No, I, I think, oh, mate, I think I did one on Monday, and I think I did one on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then it's Thursday today. Yeah, this lockdown, man. <laughs> I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'm I'm really bad with my dates and stuff anywhere. But like, yeah, it's been great, mate. Thanks for asking. So I hope you have too. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool, man. So you're not at that stage yet, uh, at a stage where you're getting sick and tired of being asked the same questions over and over again about new albums and stuff. No, I think, uh, I think my, uh, I don't know. I think my, my answers would change depending on like the time of day and how I'm feeling and stuff like that as well. Like last night, we we uh, we had a discussion like half ten at night, so I was like in chill mode and stuff like that, and like. It's midday, you know, probably after this, I'll be going to the gym. So I'm quite, like, amped currently, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd, I'd, it's great. Fire away with whatever you want, my dude. No, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, you've talked about lockdowns and all that. The last mm. year or so, how have you both personally and professionally been holding up? Uh, it's been really hard, mate, but it's... I'm very proud to be on this end, to be honest. Um, I continued working. So um, I work in a tattoo company and, you know, once this happened, similar to the music industry, we, you know, we were done the dirty. Yeah. So, yeah, we had to dive straight in and, you know, do everything that we could to survive the lockdown and stuff like that. By the time we got around to finishing this record, I think we were about like December, January. And then once that stripes finished, we're now, we're now here. You know, everything's starting to open up again. Like, you know, the album's coming out in what? eight or nine days or something so yeah like we're we're at the finish line now it's, it feels good it feels awesome bro oh that's amazing so tattoos i mean you you as you said you got done the dirty but not only that as well i mean how did you manage to keep on working throughout when when, when effectively tattooing was off the cards well i work in management and admin so we had loads of stuff to catch up on we had to like build new websites and um online stores and oh. like reschedule clients and if clients wanted future sessions if they wanted you know if they wanted to be loyal to the company would book them in and help them out with stuff like that and then there's obviously online consultations to do and then obviously jumping through all the hoops of everything you got to do man and then we had to revitalize all the studios and rebuild from the start <laughs> and as you can imagine mate it was it was non-stop but now that we're here and we're operating again it's it's great it's it was worth the worth the battle that's hilarious, man. The PR side of um, the ins and outs of tattooing. I have a ton of them myself. And all yes, I like, go there and get tattooed <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, it, uh, it keeps running behind closed doors nonstop like all businesses, man. It's, it's great. So during that this period then, during this, mm. uh, the last year or so, what, if anything, has helped keep you in a positive mind frame? Has it been predominantly Ozaya and the working on the album? it's been the boys in general if we hadn't if we hadn't done an album it still would have been the same like um i mean we did you know achieve something great i believe it's we're very proud of of this record but i think even if it wasn't for that we would have been together anyway and as we, we talk every day anyway for best friends so that was that's the one and only man it's, uh, it's for the lads uh how how do you guys handle being kind of forced apart then as it were <laughs> <laughs> mate it's it's we're, we're 
all ends of the country. It's even worse than you can imagine. Um, like keeping the guitarists in London, um, drummers up in bloody Scotland. Like uh, it's only me and Andrew who are like quite local, like Sunderland and Newcastle, about like 30 minutes away from each other. But dude, man, we've operated like this for like years anyway. Mm. Like um, we touching back on, on Andy again, you know, we started like music together like 18, 19 years ago. And back then it was sitting in practice rooms and being like, oh, bro, I've got this riff. And then you play him the riff. And then he goes, oh, I've got this riff. And you play the riff back at each other. And then that's how you write songs. But nowadays it's just one guy at home, you know, writing everything and then sends it to someone. And then, you know, that's how we practice as well. That's how we operate. We've always been like a kind of long distances, like bands. Namely, it's been the drummer. <laughs> we've yeah. never been able to find a local drummer. So we've always had to like practice, you know, like write and stuff from home regardless you know so the only thing that's a little bit different to this was just i don't know i guess the pressure that everyone felt at the same time you know with the with the pandemic and stuff like that so yeah we handle this like any other day oh, like any other day that's generally awesome what advice then would you give right say some particularly as we're kind of at this light at the end of the tunnel so to speak mm. period in this country uh, what mm-hmm. advice would you give if any to someone who might be struggling um so for me personally Mm. my my thing that I learned was to manage my like expectations and I think once you take yourself off a pedestal like that and instead of being like you know could be quite easy for us to sit here and be like we're going to write the best album ever we're going to drop it we're going to be the biggest deathcore band ever we're going to tour the world blah 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 and it's like no let's let's write a song first and then write the next song and then write the next song. I think, you know, society has so much pressure on being like, you need to be doing this this time. You need to be at this age when you're doing this. You need to have you. And in reality, it's, it should never be like that. It's, mm. it's all about the baby steps. And I think if you can be proud of each small step, you know, by the time you get to the big ones, you, you're ready for the pressure of it, you know, and you can fully embrace like how rewarding it is if you catch my drift. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, of course, you mentioned as well, time recording slightly just over a week from the release. Mm. Incredibly, brutally, head smashing, gut churning. I got so many ways <laughs> to describe this bloody album. It's loss. Where's your head at right now in regards that were that close or does it still feel far away for you? It still feels a little far away, but it's, we're like road hungry if you know what I mean, like we've done the whole, like, you know, releasing singles from home and then just trying to get, you know, people to listen to the song and stuff like that. And that format just doesn't work. You've got to get out and put the record in people's hands. So even though we've got a new record and we're incredibly excited about, it, we've got a great PR team and the label unique leader is obviously amazing. Uh, they're doing everything they can. And I think all we've got to do is manage our expectations and just be patient with it and just, you know, be proud of every sale, every, you know, every mention, mm. just bit by bit, my dude. And then, like I say, you know, it would be great to just come out of the gates and do like a eight week tour for the record, but it's not about that. You know what I mean? So we've got to learn the market, learn how we can, you know, and it's the same thing that we had to do with the tattoo company as well, you know, like running that business and stuff like that, learning how to cope with the hurdles we're being given. Um, Andy in particular is taking up courses for like online marketing and stuff like that. And like how to 
enhance social media reach and stuff like that. So even while we're waiting for people to get us on the road, we'll still be working hard behind the scenes. Absolutely. So, and there's been a year's worth of uh, bands releasing music during this period and unable to go out and tour. <laughs> They're so, all so good as well. They're <laughs> all so good as well. Like it's, yeah. Man. That's something to learn from, right? I mean, at least you can kind of look and go, well, how, the, how did they handle it? Because the biggest bands mm. are releasing albums, mm. you know, your underground guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Humanity's Last Breath was one of the records that, that really hit me when it got released. And I was, I could feel the darkness in it. Mm. And we'd already wrote like Lost by, <laughs> by then. But, you know, hearing them construct that sound and with what we've went through as well, it's kind of like, man, like maybe, you know, it's the artist in us, you know, yeah. we found a way to take all the pain and like the loss and all this stuff and just churn it into something creative. And that's, that's all I hear from this modern music that's coming out like today. You know, it's like, I think we all have felt that loss. Just we've, us and Devil, Soul to Soul, obviously took the market on getting that name on the record. But I think, I think you can hear everyone has it. And I, as much as everything's been bad, I, I do feel like art gets a huge boost through like trouble. Mm. You know, like during, I mean, I remember during like the, the first and second world war and stuff like that, music took this huge huge ramp up you know they were sending like musicians around the world to entertain soldiers and stuff like that there was obviously people missing the families and you know all they had was a musical outlet and it's some of the best music ever written yeah like and it still stands today you know what i mean like you can go into pubs and clubs and they'll be playing like you know 40s 50s and 60s tunes and it's still it still holds man it's beautiful like pained music mm. a lot of the time or music that's forcing you to you know just get up and dance you know, just to make the most of it. And both sides are represented on this album. You know, we've got the songs where it's just like, get the hands up and rock out. And there's other moments where it's just like, but at the same time, if you want to be sad, you know, we were sad too. And we've got through it now. So let's, let's keep pushing. Yeah, I can confirm there are totally tracks on Lost that you can dance to. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> Unconventional dancing, but I'm sure people find their own way to dance. So they always do. <laughs> As long as they're not falling the arms, they can they can do whatever they want. Do you guys then? Do you feel like you constantly need to push yourselves to go and be more extreme? Because let I me mean, let's not beat around the bush here. Lost, lost, mm. pushing, pushing quite hard. No, um, it's probably just the opposite, man. Like, um, I think out of everything we've ever, I think this is the realest we've ever been. You know, yeah. we haven't had any like inspiration for shock factor or any moments to be like oh we should change this so it's got this in it or we should do this so it sounds better literally my dude like um keeping an andy wrote the instrumentals to send to us to do my vocal tracks on and it was just like yep and that was it just done in my hand ready to do vocals and it's i like to think that while i was penning my lyrics i was you know delving deep and going into you know situations like that and i know you know they both had that too, but their voice is their instruments, you know, and when you combine, obviously, you know, the, the emotions that they went through musically with, you know, the lyrical content that I went through, it's, we just combined like that. There was never a moment where I was just like, we need to do this to do this. It's literally, this is literally the first record where it's just been like, right, let's go. And it's not been like, you know, I mean, that's my opinion on it. Cause I only saw it from the, 
from the vocalist perspective, but you know, Keeping could have been at home tearing his hair out, like worrying about his quality of musicianship, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But he never gave that impression. So I'll speak as I find it, dude. No, absolutely. And when when you got that, the, you know, you got those guitar tracks and you got then you heard mm. the instrument and instruments and stuff like that, and you knew it was your turn to do your part. When you mm. listen to what they what they've done, is that mm. kind of where your inspiration then comes from? Or have you already got lyrics kind of worded no, out? No, no, it's it's fully the, the energy of the song. Oh, cool. um, a perfect example of this would probably be um, I'm going to butcher the words I apologise but Cella uh, et Odax it's a uh, track 11 of the yeah. record it means uh, swift and bold in Latin and it's, uh, it's dedicated to one of our friends who was in the Green Jackets who committed suicide but when I first heard that song it had like a pulse it was like and it felt like a march so as soon as I heard that my instinct was immediately to search for like some sort of like you know the military thing of being like a marching band or like just marching and, and treading on and then just having that one little bit of emotion was just like right pen let's go and then we just and then i could just dive into my emotions with stuff like that and then just send it to the lads and they most of the times they'd write music and they'd be like I don't know what the hell this is going to sound like. <laughs> I've got an image <laughs> in my head of what I think you're going to do. But when I come back and go, no, bro, I'm writing this about this. And it means this. And, you know, you gave me that energy to do this. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's, it's a weird one to describe from the vocalist perspective. But, um, you know, I, I do play like guitar a little bit myself and write music and stuff like that. And when I write music at, even the guitar stuff and the soundscaping and stuff all has like a, a picture in my mind mm. you know what I mean but someone in this process it's like someone else has given me the picture and being like right color it in you know and you know colors can change a million things man I mean look at our look at our album artwork like yeah, imagine cool. that in imagine that in green yeah. it would be a totally totally different <laughs> it would be a totally different message we'll be sending you know what I mean but we went purple is it um is it getting easier as you go on to kind of open up yourself when it comes to writing lyrics? Was it something you were very kind of nervous about exposing yourself? Oh, I I think I suck at it, bro. But yeah. I think I think all vocalists do. You know what I mean? Um, or at least you know many do. Dude, by trade, I'm I'm a guitarist. You know, and this band has obviously given me many opportunities to do vocals and stuff like that. And a lot of people have said, like, man, he sings like he's a guitarist because, you know, like some of the patterns I use and the flows I use just aren't like a traditional vocalist would. But I think it's just because I've had like, I don't know, 20 years of listening to Whitesnake and playing <laughs> ballads on the guitar and, and stuff like that. But I think for this record, yeah, I'm going to be real about it, man. Like for this record, it, it's kind of like Unique Leader signed us and they obviously did their their job on Kingdom of Lies and they did a great job. And sometimes when I doubt myself, I just think the label wants this, man. Like the label wants me to, they've supported like just me just speaking about who, so maybe I'm doing it right. Yeah, yeah. And I think during the lockdown when that clicked was a huge shift in me being like, right, I can be a little bit more emotional on some tracks now. And there's some really horrendously deep tracks on loss um and they only came out when you know i was at peace with you know 
it's who I'm meant to be, man. I'm meant to be on this planet to be a musician, you know, and I'll do whatever it takes. But I think, yeah, just finally just sitting down and being like, right, this is who I am. Like no imposter syndrome, mm. just do my job and do what everyone wants me to do. And it coincidentally, it's just speak my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy how it works, man. Yeah, yeah, but it's, as you said, completely natural, you know, particularly in the extreme metal scene, in the UK scene as well, it feels mm. like, um, it feels really strong and at the moment, in the last couple of years, even though it's not often talked about in, say, the bigger sort of circles, as a mm. major player in that scene, do you think, do you find it's competitive or or is it all like one big nasty family? I think there's a, there's a definite gap between mm. the, the people who see it as a competition and the people who know it's business and um all the bands that we tour with and the bands that we work with you'll notice if you've ever seen our tours or the people that we have for example guesting on each of his records you'll find like ingested's a great one i've done a guest vocal for ingested ingested have done two guest vocals for one for osiris and one for rap of achilles mm. which is one of my side projects and coincidentally you know ourselves and ingested are, are all about just helping each other just get to wherever you want to be and you know you'll find that you know people will drag you up with them you know what i mean and the people who want to drag you down will be down there trying to drag down the same people and then they'll they'll get to you know not saying like ourselves but you mm -hmm. know if they try to drag us down we're kind of like hey man yeah you know what I mean? Like, we've done that 10 years ago. We've been through all that stuff, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's yeah. only one way to do this, and that's to, like, be friends and just to be business professionals and just work for the best outcome. You know, because, like, apologies for speaking so much on this as well, my dude. Like, I will I will talk the back legs of a, of a donkey. But I, the elitist scene um, that occurred in Defcore literally destroyed the music industry in our local area like the, the divide between death metal and deathcore and hardcore and beatdown and gent and doom and all that. We, everyone was all, deathcore took a huge rap for being like, it just, people just hated it for no reason, man. Mm. And what they didn't realize was that they were literally killing their own scene. Like, you know, if a band starts doing well and starts putting the name on the map, it's just going to bring other bands to that area and it's going to end as soon as you get bands trying to stab other bands in the back, you're stabbing yourselves, like just focus on, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's the one. I think, I think kind of maybe when you're starting out or, you know, you don't quite understand like what message you want to be providing and stuff like that, you do kind of just feel like you're against it by yourself. Yeah. And I think once you've had a few years under your belt, you realize that, you know, the music industry in a whole is an industry. And it's there's it's not one one band or one guy conquering it. It's everyone working together to maximize the business. And you'll not get it by being, you know, yeah. There's no, and, <laughs> there's no one. We're not a pyramid. I know what you're saying. Yeah. We're not a pyramid. There's not one guy at the top stamping in everyone's fingers. You know, yeah, layers. There's plenty of room up there. <laughs> you just got to. We you just got to get up there. there. Yeah, That's yeah. The thing. Look at the state of it now. The the giant yeah, scene. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I remember it's a great opportunity to talk about Black Tongue. Black mm. Tongue were huge at one moment, and then there was just so much hate for them. And it's just like, why? 
<laughs> they're doing awesome like and they're going to bring some awesome bands over here for support and they're going to go over to like america's and stuff like that and then people are going to be like oh the uk has decent bands yeah <laughs> and then people listen to more uk bands and then we'll all do more but instead it was just like oh it's, you're not getting you're too like obsessed with your your own hurt that you feel like you need to you know and then like hey man like music's you know artistic direction in itself and we all have our own way of pushing it out there but i think once you separate that essence of it and then just start focusing on being like right if i want to be a business and i want to do this full time we have to work like this is a full time job yeah and you don't you don't spend 9 to 5 slagging people off you spend 9 to 5 hustling and that's I'm very passionate about that man i'm very yeah. I'm very very passionate about that man no like, no it's fantastic to hear i share your passion as well um on that and like it gets into labels and things like that where we you know we, we have to attach them to every band in some way just mm. to identify but do you think labels like deathcore and brutal death metal simplify what Ozea are uh yeah but i i don't see it as a as a negative to be honest yeah. i think you know um we would just like to be called a metal band or a death metal band uh, but that's not <laughs> that's not how it works <laughs> it's not made, maybe like you know when suicide silence came out with like deconstruction of a statue or destruction of a statue you know when they had that drummer with the funny mask on mm. and Orchard Parish released uh, deconstruction and Whitechapel were coming out with like the somatic department and it was just deathcore and that was fine and then you had bands like start adding black metal elements and like down tempo and slam and stuff like that. And then eventually people were like, oh, it's slam and deathcore, it's black. And then that was like, what, eight, nine years ago when yeah. that started. And now we're like, Jesus Christ, like experimental fusion, death metal, black and hardcore, you know what I mean? But yeah. you can't just be like metal. No. <laughs> <laughs> because then there's so much clientele of people who like one thing. I mean, like I'm, guilty of it myself you know if i'm off to the gym i'll go on spotify and search slam and deathcore because i want to hear the beatdowns i want to hear the slams and stuff like that but if i just put in deathcore i could be bloody listening to the gentcore or, yeah. and it's not the vibe i want you know what i mean so for like labels and stuff like that they're obviously just trying to cater to a specific market and you know people will make their own decision if they want to dip into that as well you know like we not to go on too much of a tangent, but we toured with Cattle Decapitation, who you would never imagine in a million years would have a deathcore band supporting them. But we brought out all the heavy stuff. We brought out all the like super fast blast beat stuff. You know what I mean? Try to like keep away from the down tempo and stuff like that. And then people in the audience loved it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not really into I'm not really into deathcore, but you know, he's a very death metal. <laughs> and this is like, yep, yeah, I hope you try and listen to more buddy there's some great deathcore bands out there you know what i mean and it's like that one little that one little like moment of just giving it a chance just, just give it a chance man you'll have done it yourself in the past i know i have where i've judged a, mm. a set of uh, a style of music until i and then eventually found post hard for me it was post hardcore mm. where i was mm. like nope staying away from that and then i eventually mm. got a band and now i love that style of music <laughs> Yeah, I, for me as well, I think it. Um, I think it just reflects times in my life as well. You know, I I used to love specific music just because of the message. Yep. You know, and then like you know, I would listen to like straight edge hardcore and stuff like that. And obviously, I was straight edge and 
hardcore dancing and all that stuff. And then after that, I got into like friends who were skaters and stuff like that. And they'd yeah. all listen to pop punk. And I was like, oh, I'm not listening to pop punk, man. And they were like, no, man, listen to it. And then it's just like, yeah, I do you want to drink a beer with you in the sun? <laughs> and I do want to like listen to pop punk. You know what I mean? And then that opens the gate. And then it it's just, yeah, I, dude, I'm 36 this year. So I've had plenty of time to mull over like the music that I love and what I don't like and you know i pretty much just like everything now dude you know i just struggle with country and scar country and scar i can't i can't just respect the words but that not not for me it just something just doesn't work for me with it buddy yeah i think we've pretty much followed similar paths we're we're the same age for starters so i'm a kid of the new metal as well yeah stuff like that (laughs) ah yes man so that was a great period yes that was a man like seeing people like Slipknot knock people off the charts mm-hmm. was just like, oh my God, there's actually a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we always got told we were alone and there wasn't many alternative and we were the outcast of society. Then we start knocking Christina Aguilera or something off the top tens. You're like, all right. Yeah, all right. We need number a one. <laughs> we need a we need a Christmas number one. That's a that metal song. You know what I mean? And then Rage Against the Machine happened, which was enough. It was just like, yep, yeah, like. Okay, now we need to get despised icon as a number because you know not maybe to that extreme but it's just like it's been a it's been nice man that i think <clears throat> because there's so much market for it it's, it's opened up and it's allowed more people to come in and yeah so respect to the earlier bands that made that happen even if they weren't death metal or death core man the, the alternative scene made it happen Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and going back to you guys, we've gone off on a way tangent here about music I apologize, in general. Bro, it's gonna happen. No, it's brilliant, it's brilliant, but I want to know about you guys. What's helping mm. you stay grounded? Because you've had a great run of releases. You're working with mm. a big leader, a label that is right up your street, perfect for him. And mm. loss, I mean, loss is going to blow up, people. If you haven't, when you, when it comes out, take my word for it, it's going to blow up. Mm. How do you guys stay grounded? It's just who we are, man. Yeah. Like, we're all just working class northerners, man. You know what I mean? We're just a bunch of hairy ass gadgets just writing music, dude. You know what I mean? And if people like us, then we love it. Like, I'm... Uh, every day, every day in, the, in our WhatsApp group, one one of us is just like, oh, I've seen someone talk about us. It's just like, yeah. And it's just like, we still react like that constantly, like oh, seeing okay. if someone wears a shirt or if they've got like, you know, a sticker of Osiris on the back of the phone and stuff like that. We still like lose our mind that people would just, you know, care about it, mm. you know? And I don't know. I, Have you had I a rock star moment? Nah. Nah? Right, that's no. going to come in the future then. I think I have in different scenarios, but it wasn't like a, a a rock star moment. It was just like I used to work in the tribute scene, um, and it's uh it's quite a toxic industry to be in. You yeah. know, you play in you play in music to like fifty, sixty year old women and stuff like that who don't know the boundaries and stuff like that. And you know, and at that point, that would probably be my only rock star moment when I was doing that stuff. When I was like, please don't like touch us, like don't grab us like this and, and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. when I would go back to the metal industry and play metal shows, there was nothing but respect and love. Like no one would ever dream of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's crazy. I mean, I also, when I said the rock star moment, I didn't even necessarily mean in the, uh, you'll be in a bit of a knob kind of thing. I meant more, ah, sense, I, get I meant more in a sense where you've stood there and gone, Shit, we're somebody. Okay, I have. Yes. Okay, then I then oh. I will. In the same scenario, I was on my way to a, um, a tribute show, and my phone started blowing up, 
and unique leader had announced that we'd signed to them like on the website and on Facebook and stuff like that. And I actually got out the van to have a little cry in a little, I actually, I actually punched the air. Yeah, like we went, we went with services to pick up like some energy drink and some food for the gig. And I just walked away by myself and I just like, like for 0.7 seconds, I just, (laughs) Like let it all out, and then I just went back to the van. Like nothing was 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 up, you know, because you know I'm working in polarizing industries doing that, so I've got to like maintain focus. But like underneath it all, I was like, I was smiling like with my heart, man. Like it's it's difficult to describe, but there was a, a warmness of being like, wow, like they are investing in yeah, man. in the product and the and the message. You know what I mean? And. Kingdom of Lies in particular came with a storybook. I don't know if you ever saw the physical, but we had a, a lyric book and a storybook oh, where I could yeah. delve more into the lyrics and, you know, get more of like my personal struggles into like text and stuff for other people to read and stuff like that. And, you know, when Unique Leader are like, okay, we'll we'll put money into this and we'll get it out for you. It's mm-hmm. just like, wow, this is this is happening. This is really happening, you know. And you were, yeah, on that roster, I mean, you 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 knew beforehand you were joining mm. an incredible company. So it's kind of like there's no good reason beyond the fact that you're great mm. for them to go. Okay, well, we need to add you guys to that as well. So clearly, mm-hmm. you're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, this comes, I mean, slightly back to some sort of imposter syndrome and stuff like that with writing lyrics of being like, oh, I don't want to be cringy. I don't want to write this, and then it's just like, bro, man, like. That's anxiety talking, man. Like if 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 anything in your mind ever starts with what if, mm. that's not your brain talking because that's that's anxiety. You know, rational thought never starts with a what if. It mm. always starts with this is. I like that. You know. I've never heard. I've never heard that that said before. That's really cool. Oh, that's nice, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult thing then for modern bands, and you know. Uh, it seems to be a kind of 50-50 on how people enjoy this. Social media, from the band perspective, and the demand for constant content, likes, follows, and mm-hmm. just hope they look to release. How mm-hmm. do you guys handle it? Do you enjoy it? This is Andy's current battle. Right. Um, Andy is, in every interview, man, like, if he hears this again, <laughs> like, I honestly can't put into words like how much Andy does in this band yeah you know he produces leads co-managers he's now started uh like online course to do like social media marketing so he knows how to do this better which obviously leaves me to focus on all the other stuff you know keeping the focus on the stuff he does as well and I'm terrible at social media Mm. I'm I used to love it I used to be addicted to it I used to like run like like bots on Instagram and stuff like that and have like thousands of people coming on my pictures and it was like a huge dopamine rush of being like oh people give a shit about me and then like once you actually like actually they don't like it's just like algorithms and just people talking shit on social media and then you know when you're in that space of being like I can get so much good stuff from social media and then you read a comment when it's just like, where's all the muscle gone from this band? You're like, oh, my heart. Because obviously <laughs> you've invested so much into like this like pain pleasure release of social media that it hits you like a million times harder. Yeah. And I'm now at that age where it's just like, eh. oh, well, <laughs> meh. You know what I mean? If you like it, you'll buy it. You'll support it. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it, mate. You, you don't need to slag us off. 
Mm. You know what I mean? And if we were in the street and you were shouting shit at us, I wouldn't be listening to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do it wouldn't be in the street. That's the thing. It's all beyond oh, the it. Oh yeah. I mean the majority of it always is. But like mm. and you learn that in bands as well, like when you end up sharing the stage together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, we had a little running in the past. And it's like, yeah, I know, bro. Like oh, that's just some stupid shit. And it's just like, yeah, I know it's cool, man. And I was like it's the age thing as, as again, mate, you know what I mean? I don't want to always pander on that, like age equals experience, but you know, it's, it's, you, you do go through different paths through your life. I mean, like yourself, you can probably imagine, you know, like 10 years ago, you had a specific path you were wanting to follow and do this and you would do whatever. And then you hit a certain point in age where it's like, okay, I've got to take this path now and take that. And then when you see someone who's, you know, in kind of a similar place to you were, like at a younger age, you, you're not kind of looking down on it, but you're like, I can understand it, man. I can relate it more. So if you talk shit about us on social media, if you do anything like that, it's just like, hey, bro, like, you might just be hurting. You don't mean it. Like, yeah, and you're right. It's all about different paths, isn't it? It's all about going mm. in the direction. You'll learn, every, everyone learns as they go along. You'll make mistakes. Yes, man. Yes, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. All right, last one before you go then. So we've already established you can't wait to get out live and you've got shows in the future, a couple of dotted around yes. as well at the end of the year. And if you're like, if you're living where I am, London, December 16th at the New Cross Inn, that is going to do this research. Yes, man. Disgusting yeah. that show, man. Mm-hmm. But question I wanted to ask you, crowds, do you think, right, when we're able to go back to full venues as it were and all that, do you think crowds are going to come rushing back or do you reckon it'll be a little bit slow? I think it'll be about 60, 70% personally. Um, in our world, the metal world. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I'll, even in the, once again, being in a different business perspective, even in the tattoo industry, I've got people being like, hey, man, I'm meant to be in next week, but uh, I, and I'm like, you don't feel safe. Mm. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, no worries, mate. We'll, we'll just push you back a couple of months if you need it and just let us know when you're ready. And that, admit, like, dude, I, we, a lot of people in this alternative scene, you know, have, you know, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that. All of, all of us have a little bit of that. You know, some of us don't, but uh, a lot of us do, you know, and if people wanted to take the time coming back to live shows and we were playing in half empty rooms, I would be totally fine with that. And I would just be really appreciative of the people who came out and the ones who were too frightened to or whatever take your time man just do whatever it takes to reintegrate because man like i remember being a loser kid who listened to metal and no one you know what i mean you spend a lot of time in your bedroom and it's just like well one day you're going to have to find friends and a girlfriend and get a job <laughs> and stuff like that and it takes your time man because you're battling your mental health and you're doing all this and the other and it's not quite to the same extent but you know when you've been homebound for a year and you know worrying about the city it's very it's very similar if I try and think back to what it's going to be like re-emerging into society and being confident with it. So yeah. to anyone who hears this who's a little bit worried about it, man, just take your time. Like we're we're not going anywhere either. Like the bands aren't going anywhere. We'll always be playing, we'll always be pushing for our dream and stuff like that. So if not this time, we'll catch you next time, man. You know. Beautiful, beautiful words, man. And of course, lost seventh for May, unique leader. Go check this this out ricky thank you so much man for taking the time to do this thank you bro it's been a pleasure thank no worries much, man. thank you very much for watching you can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on facebook instagram twitter and tumblr
Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?